A bevy of opt-outs announced pretty close to the start of the Rose Bowl. We'll talk about what that means for the Buckeyes and the granddaddy of them all and the prospects for future draftees deciding not to play in the big bowl game. I'm Andy Vance along with my partner in crime, Johnny Ray Ginner. Thanks for joining us on the 11 Dubcast. Johnny, okay, top of the page, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Haskell Garrett, and Nicholas Petit-Frere opting out of the Rose Bowl, moving on to the NFL draft. Uh, first reactions, this about what you expected? Did you think there would be more? Are these the names that you were assuming would be pulled out of the hat and uh, skip their way past Pasadena and, and, and on to the draft? Yeah. And by the way, first of all, I, I just want to say I'm glad we're back together, right? It's It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's good been point. A minute. And, and and see, so, I just, I, it's so our relationship was so comfortable. I just jumped right back in like, no, uh, I appreciate but, it, but. <laughs> You know, I just want to, I want to say, you know, it's been a minute since we've had the crew back together and, and your boy, Captain Trips over here is, is doing his best and he'll power through and I'll be fine. I, so, I have, I have faith in your abilities. Uh, maybe you that's, to... that's a mistake, but, uh, I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I'm just glad that we can spend this last part of the holidays together. Uh, to answer your question, I will say, Andy, I, I was not surprised by this at all. And all week. I have been asked by coworkers and they're like, well, who do you think is going to opt out? And I'm like, everybody, <laughs> like anybody, like not, and not everybody, but you know, obviously Olave and Wilson, they're like, no way. I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, because look, if, if you've got millions of dollars on the line and I'm, I'm never going to have the opportunity to say I have millions of dollars on the line, but if the only criteria that I have to meet to obtain those millions of dollars is to just not get hurt, I am hermetically sealing myself in like a giant human sized Mason jar and putting myself in somebody's basement until the time at which I can claim my prize. Cause there's no way in hell I'm going to play football in a, in a Rose bowl game that doesn't count for anything. Like, again, I, we've talked about this. The Rose bowl game has a lot of historical value and all that stuff, but like as an individual standing to make millions of dollars, uh, my priority is to make millions of dollars. So I just, yeah, I'm not surprised by it at all. I don't blame them one single bit. And you know what? I'm proud of the 11 Warriors commentariat who, and all of those, the four that we posted, everybody's very supportive. They understand it. And I appreciate that. I think that's great. Yeah. One, one of the listeners I, I'm following on uh, Twitter commented, and I thought it was, I thought it was spot on. It's surprising. I'm, I'm surprised at how, not unhinged <laughs> the comments are on yeah on these and, and, and maybe you and i can take credit for that we've warmed people up for the likelihood that this was going to happen we should take 100 credit for uh, it. it's, it's entirely due to us I, I i and i will admit you know chris and i talked about this a little bit you and i have talked about this uh in in recent weeks as to just what does the rose bowl mean and the answer today is very different than it was when you and I were kids growing up loving this game yeah. and, and the importance of it. Uh, I, I saw some really good discussion, Ari Wasserman of The Athletic and his Twitter feed today, and, and you know, he made the comment, I thought this was spot on, for people of a certain age who remember what this game used to mean, this is a sad thing, right? That we've sure. kind of, we've watered this game down or we've, we've diluted its meaning down to where it's like, well, you know, if you were a playoff contender, uh, you're opting out and moving on and who cares you know yeah. uh I, but you know what can i can i say this real quick that's not new i mean not even i'm not even talking about like the the playoff that started basically with the bcs in the 90s like when they started doing that and then having to make concessions with the rose bowl and figure out like you know when it's gonna be all that stuff like that 
when you try to decide a true national champion, then you're going to lose some of the juice on a bowl that could potentially determine that, right? Because it just, it was all up to who was going to be in that bowl game. And that could be any teams on any random year. Uh, but once you try to actually determine a national champion, you're going to decrease the importance of all the bowls in general. What's the uh, trade off? The championship. I want to, I want to, we're going to, we're going to spend some time on the playoff and the meaning of the Rose bowl in a minute. And, and I don't want to beat that dead horse, but I want to talk about it in terms of expanding the playoff. So we'll come back mm-hmm. to that in a minute, but I want to focus on these players opting out for a minute before we go into the on field implications. Sure. What's the trade-off? Because I, I see your point about, Hey, I've got a chance to make first round money in the case of let's say Wilson and Olave as as obvious examples. I'm going to make yeah. first round money. And the farther up the first round I get, the more, <laughs> money I'm going to get, the bigger that bonus is, I'm going to be in the bubble as, as you described it, but, but what's the trade, what's the trade-off? When's the, when's the line of demarcation between taking the Nick Boza route or taking the Olave Wilson route? You know, if, if there's still a chance to play to a natty, do you risk losing that money? I mean, Chris Olave could have punched his ticket a year ago. Mm-hmm. The man came back. Did he just come back for that title or did he think he needed more game tape? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I think he came back for the title. He, he, he probably felt that he was really confident in what Ohio state was bringing back. And yeah, I, I don't think he had anything to prove. And I don't think he made himself all that much more money this season. Um, not that he didn't play well. It's just, he didn't know. cost himself any money. No, he didn't cost himself any money. So I, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. I think his skills are pretty evident. He was just sharing the field with, you know, two other amazing, insane uh, wide receivers. I like, I don't know. I mean, for individual games, it, it really is. Is this something that's going to, you know, lead to some kind of championship or whatever? And not like everybody call that's what i think is really funny like everybody calls the winner like you're the champion of the motor city bowl like no one cares that's not a champion yeah you, it's you not won you won an invitational with between like two teams that have like 13 wins combined nobody cares about that um but yeah i i think it really is just depending on a the person and then b what you're playing for and then c you got to consider what your own personal financial situation might be given the draft so if you're like a fourth or fifth rounder, you know, I guess that's marginal, but if you're not really quote unquote playing for anything, then I understand why you still might want to sit out because you still want to make some money. And I I get it. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I I've never been in the position where someone would offer me bags of cash for just not getting hurt. Now and uh, here's the other thing. And, and I'm spitballing here. Does Lloyd's of London not offer like an insurance policy on this? Like, you know, I'm some people complain. do that. Remember, they've done that before where like guys have insured like their legs or whatever or something yeah. like that. I, I don't I don't know why. It, and maybe this is one of those goofy <clears throat> things that's prohibited by the uh, NCAA rules. But I'm like, if I'm, I'm Ohio State, why don't I just why don't I just load up on some Lloyd's of London? Uh, oh, yeah. Just policy uh, on, on my on my draft eligible players. <laughs> Be like, all right, <laughs> y'all come play this football game. So let's let's go in. Let's shift into that for a minute. The implications for Ohio State specifically, mm-hmm. um, because you and I are on the same page about, hey, you know what? These guys had a chance to go get paid. It sounds like the fan base, by and large, is on the same page. Hey, you know what, guys? Thanks for the memories. Go get paid. We yep. get it. Uh, is is Ohio State now? in this place 
where it is every year national title or bust and and if so is that healthy <laughs> i mean it's it's better than the alternative right it's well, well than... what i'm what i mean is think about this in our lifetimes this program's won two national championships that's yeah. better than 90 what percent of teams a high a high 90 percent of teams out there mm. but we're talking you know one every 10 years you know this isn't this isn't alabama uh winning in them you know every 13 minutes so i i guess i'm just really struggling with the idea that hey you know what i'm not i'm not in the playoff or i'm not in a playoff game so nothing else really matters uh, like there has yeah. to be some meaning beyond just because because if the only thing that matters is a national championship yeah then god isn't disappointment the only logical outcome for like every season yeah basically i mean that's but again that's that's where alabama's been at right like they, if they don't win a national championship they think the world's ending you know and that's i don't i don't know i mean if you're ohio state what's the alternative like you take a step back and like okay well we'll lose more games so that we value the postseason more like yeah, no, because no, no. we want to yeah. make a statement like <laughs> i don't okay. want to do that <laughs> i want ohio state to win more games so that they are in the playoff every year and like that's that's the goal. I mean, again, th this is what I mean about how it's changed since even the BCS era, where it's like, look, if you have a specific goal, a national championship that you can attain via a national championship game that people are allowed to play into, then that's what you want Ohio State to be in. And everything else is going to take a back seat to that. And that's not, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's, um, you know, a disappointment. It's definitely a change, but you know again i think it's way better than the alternative i <laughs> i don't want ohio state to be a media i don't want ohio state to be you know penn state where you're like okay maybe yeah, every no, fifth right, year right, we can right, think right. about that and then in the meantime we'll be super stoked about the alamo bowl like that's not i don't want that for Ohio state yeah nobody at ohio state wants that alternative i just will admit it it has felt very odd to me this year that we're going to the freaking rose bowl and nobody cares yeah that's, I, I mean, and that's I the mean, Rose Bowl's problem. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but that's, that's just where the world we I mean, we could pick, I mean, what other bowl is going to get you jacked up? If it's not one of those two playoffs and finals, no other bowl game. I mean, the yeah, Rose maybe. Bowl is the most, the Rose Bowl is the most exciting alternative, isn't it? And I, mean, I do think another... it depends on, I think it depends on the year too. I mean, if Ohio State, you're in a clear rebuilding year, or maybe you're like, oh man, we don't, there's just things that we got to improve on. I think if Ohio State came out, and maybe CJ Stroud doesn't look that good, or maybe none of the quarterbacks look that good. And it, you don't feel like the team really had a chance because honestly, let me put it this way after the Oregon loss, if Ohio state had gone out and lost maybe another game or two in between Michigan, right. I think people would have reset their expectations and they, and if they had like somehow slid into the Rose bowl, people would be a lot more stoked for that hmm. because the team People are like, all right, well, obviously this isn't what we thought it was, but this can be a, a springboard to next season. But really, that's what you're always doing. You're looking for the next thing. And if the next thing isn't a national championship, then like, you know, if I'm an Ohio State fan or if I'm a, even a coach there or a player, I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for spring ball. Like, I'm excited to see what spring ball looks like, mm -hmm. because at this point, you're not winning a national championship. Um, so. I, yeah. I mean, again, like, again, national championship or bust, I get it. It's, it's an all or nothing thing. And if you get nothing, then you're pissed, but it's, it's like I said, better than the alternative. All right. Could well, be Michigan. <clears throat> you know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's think of, because I asked Chris this question last week and, and, and <laughs> I think we both kind of were like, yeah, 
not really. The, the question was something to the effect of, you know, can the Rose Bowl get its mojo back? You know, no. if we all if we all agree that it it the granddaddy of them all ain't what it used to be, and that is because of the playoff, or if you want to go back to the BCS era, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that point at all. Uh, can the Rose Bowl get its mojo back? Chris's answer was no. I'd say your answer is probably no. Yeah. Uh, right. Now here's here's an interesting question um on on twitter uh rob i don't know if it's pronounced boron or, or bowron but uh from flavortown ohio which is you know great great place i love, yeah, I love that love that byline um pose the pose this said suggested that the bowls need to figure out nil pretty quick because if they want to get these stars to show up the idea that anybody owes their time for free is deeply unethical <laughs> I, I mean you know i think we get too hyperbolistic on some of this crap for for uh, my take but his points well made why why couldn't why couldn't uh the rose bowl and its sponsors put some nil money on the table to get these guys to to show up instead of opting out you know how, how it, much how much do you think would be required well if, and that's the question if you're I mean, chris olave if you're garrett wilson you're looking at like all right i want to be drafted maybe 10th to 15th all right, so that comes with around eight million dollars up front, maybe another like seven to ten in the back end. Uh, like how much? How much does the Rose Bowl have to pony up for these guys? We, but but see, this comes back to, and this is where I I struggle uh, with the, and you'd have to get an actuary, I suppose, to really sort this out. I nah. struggle with this a little bit because what's the likelihood? I mean, how many players ever? Because there are some obvious high profile cases right you can mm-hmm. think of one or two obvious high profile cases but but how many players go and play in a bowl game and it hurts their draft stock or they sustain an injury that keeps them from cashing in on that well it's definitely happened before there, there, it, I it, mean, yes yes there are some very obvious high profile cases there's no no question yeah, about that but, but nobody but, wants to but that's but that's the you know the risk reward there is not something you want to take a chance on like i don't like that's what i'm saying I wouldn't want to stub my toe. I don't care. Like I would, I would not leave the house. I yeah. would just wrap myself in bubble wrap and tell everybody to leave me alone for months so that I have no chance of getting sick or injured. I like that. That is your once in a lifetime shot. I am not screwing that up. Mm-hmm. Like I, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I'd make sure that people are delivering food to my house. I would just uh, apocalypse hunker down, you know, end of the world what do they call those the fallout shelter i would build one of those <laughs> and just chill on that and get like air pumped in <laughs> like, then they go like, back I, to I seriously would do not and like you April, have the chance May, whenever the draft's over yeah you have the chance to set yourself up for the rest of your life to do and by literally doing nothing and yeah. i just i i cannot fathom someone screwing that up uh or willingly taking a massive chance like playing mm-hmm. football <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. screw that up I, I i just i don't know i i totally understand it and you know football is a game with risk that's that's always going to be the case uh but you're right there man you're at the finish line i just i get it i i don't think there's anything that anybody could offer me you know like if the rose bowl wants to come out hey you want to pay my first year salary in the nfl then go for it all I'll, right i'll i'll play in your game let's but- let's take this one step further uh, i i mentioned this earlier that we would and we'll come back to the implications of Wilson Alave Garrett and and NPF opting out relative to the game itself uh, in a moment. Let's, let's stick with this theme of 
how can these marquee bowls get their mojo back? How big do we need to expand the playoff to make it matter enough to make the opt-outs fewer? Because because mm. I'll, I'll I'm just going to approach this from random jabroni fan, okay? And and I want to see good football when I sit down on New Year's Day to watch the Rose Bowl. Like sure. that that is important to me. And and because I'm going to be a self-centered random jabroni fan, that's what I'm focused on. So mm-hmm. the opt-outs annoy me and bother me, and I want them to go away. This is the problem that must be solved. Yeah. So will expanding the playoff further solve that problem for me? Uh, it'll help, especially if you're a fan of a team like Ohio State. I think that'll help. So if Ohio State was a five seed, let's say where they mm-hmm. they finished, they finished ranked fifth, sixth, seventh. What was the final? Like I don't remember. What the, I think it was so so if Ohio State was a five seed playing in the Rose Bowl as a play-in game, let's say for example, does that do the trick to those five guys still? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do they, play, still, they play the game, of course, because you still have the opportunity to win a national championship, which supersedes being in the bubble too. Yeah, yeah, because that's. <laughs> That's your goal like that. And I get that. And maybe there are for some people were okay. Maybe not. Maybe that's, that's still not enough, but I think for the vast majority of players, like this is why I came here. I came to win a national championship. That's, you know, the biggest thing you can possibly achieve at this level. I want to achieve it. Um, then, yeah, I, I think that would definitely keep them. I, but when it's, it's an exhibition game that doesn't allow you to do that, then I don't, I don't see that happening. It's interesting. I feel like the goals of the players, the program, and the fans are are not in alignment these days. And I'm not making a moral judgment about whether that's okay or should be. Maybe they shouldn't be in alignment or not. I because I I would I would argue I don't know that the average player coming to play at Ohio State they say they come to win a title. I think they come to Ohio State to get the paycheck in the NFL. Well, yeah, and it could be. I mean, there there are a lot of things there. It doesn't have to be a. It's not an either or. It's not mutually exclusive. That's true, but I don't think priority number one is winning a title. I I think I think we're at a point now. uh, Quinn Ewers, I think, makes this point, you know, rather well. Oh, sure, yeah. That that these schools are vehicles to a paycheck now. Right. And and again, I work for a living. (laughs) I trade I trade my my time and services for for money. So I don't begrudge anyone else the opportunity to do so as well. But Mm -hmm. the 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 veneer, the thin veneer of amateurism to me, uh waved bye-bye a a while ago. And and I say this as a big proponent of NIL, uh that I, I think the reason a player chooses Ohio State today is is for the payday either in the short run or the long run, the long run being the, the NFL. I don't yep. know how important I think titles are to them. And that's that a fair point. Thing. That's a fair point. I will say though, that if somebody like dips on their team and a national championship situation, then they got to worry about how that impacts them and the NFL draft too, because then you start getting into like, Oh, well, is this guy really devoted to football? Blah, blah, blah. So that can hurt you too financially. So it's, it, it's, it's definitely a balancing act. I think in a lot of ways. I find it fascinating where we draw those lines that like that. Oh, you're dipping out on your team, you know, and, and we look at that. We, we look at that askance, but the Rose Bowl, eh, <laughs> who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, well, <laughs> because I think there's an understanding of the Rose Bowl. I mean, we're sentimental about it. We're Big Ten fans. Yep. You, you know, you, you watch Ohio State participate in some of these games in the past and they're great and all that stuff. Uh, NFL doesn't care about the Rose Bowl and they don't give a crap. Um, Virtually every NFL game 
will probably get higher ratings than the Rose Bowl. <laughs> we we care about the Michigan game. We so we what I find interesting is we the values that we assign to an individual game are very arbitrary. Yeah, because yeah. I could say the same thing about the Michigan game. Sure, right? Like we care about it because we're from Ohio. It's, it's right, you know, the greatest rivalry in all sport. Yada 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 yada. But does that game game mean any more or any less? than the Rose Bowl does uh, you, you know I mean, I mean in a, to, to us it does to us it does well no but it does in a practical sense too because you got to win that game if you want a national championship I mean that's that's really the thing and that's to me that's the big divider here I mean are you playing for something and a national championship to be able to say you're a national champion I think that that means something still um I think it means slightly less I agree with you but it, it's not you know like Nick Bosa for example is probably a good uh, you know, kind of exemplar for what I'm talking about, because, you know, that guy put aside a chance to play Michigan and for a national title and stuff like that, because he wanted to take care of himself. And I don't really think people begrudged him that either because, you know, it, it wasn't, there's nothing guaranteed. So I don't know. I agree with you. A lot of it's arbitrary, but I think a lot of it too is just, you know, looking out for your future earning potential. And it becomes a really simple equation in a lot of cases, in my opinion. Let's talk about the game in specific. Four of Ohio State's best players have said, peace out, homies, I'm done. Be rooting you on from the sidelines. Good luck. Mm -hmm. How do the opt-outs of Wilson, Olave, uh, Garrett, uh, Haskell Garrett, and uh, Nicholas Petit-Frere change Ohio State's chances in the game itself? So let's... Let's pretend we actually care about the outcome of the game for a moment. And yeah. after talking about how the game doesn't mean. Well, no, I mean, I still care year. about it. I just, <laughs> you know, it's as a fan, I care about it. as, as if I were a player, it's just, it's a different. So how do, how do those four gentlemen uh, tipping their cap and playing the cowboy rides away, change the scope of the game? Does it change? I, I will, I will tell you, it looks like, uh, uh, Buckeyes are down to just a four or four and a half point favorite now. So that's down right. about three points in terms of the, what the odds makers see now. Uh, do you see those four gentlemen leaving, having that much of an impact on the final outcome? I think, well, obviously with, you know, Garrett and Olave being out, I think that's a big deal. Um, and, but you've got a lot of really good guys behind him and, and you're still, you know, luckily you still have your, most productive wide receiver on the team who's still playing so that's kind of fun um <laughs> i think that overall um ohio state should still be fine with the passing game it's gonna be an interesting kind of test or litmus test to see how good cj i mean people keep talking about oh cj Stroud was good but it's really just because of who you had to throw to and all this other stuff well okay well let's find out right and we're gonna see we're going to see exactly what that means because he's going to be able to showcase a lot of the guys that he'll be thrown to next year. Um, I think the larger loss might be Haskell Garrett just because of the style of football that or offense that Utah runs. You want a guy with that kind of experience up the middle against those dudes. Um, but I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. I, I still got to say, I mean, the best players on the field, uh, for Ohio State, we're generally their wide receivers. So losing those two guys is probably the worst part, probably the hardest thing for them to, to weather. But uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how what shape the game takes. Is it going to be a shootout? Is it going to be more defensive? I don't really know yet. Um, but, 
yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating because I think CJ Stroud will be fine. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of the same issues that you saw against Michigan and against Utah, and that's going to be a little frustrating. So I personally, maybe Haskell Garrett's the guy that worries me the most about being out. Looking at the, the individual matchups, you know, I think you can make a case that Ohio State's strengths are still at strengths uh, because yeah, you know, we've been talking all, all year long that Brian Hartline is, you know, a absolute wizard. Mm-hmm. and has a million potential future first rounders in the room it seems like so you're going to see what julian fleming uh mecca Ibuka, yep. uh what harrison in the mix there marvin harrison jr in the mix um you know two of those three guys probably starting i suppose and you know the question is how big a drop off do you have from polished alave and wilson to up and coming and we probably have what more more film on Ibuka than we do the other two but that's mostly in special teams play i guess right right I, who, who who are you most excited to see out there because the the silver lining to this cloud is you're going to get an early look at what the 2022 offense looks like right mm-hmm. so yeah i think so i agree who are you, who are you excited seen, to see out there yeah we've seen a little bit of mecca i i think uh fleming is gonna be interesting um I know everybody's super hyped about Marvin Harrison Jr. I think there's probably a reason why I didn't see a ton of, you know, playing time. Maybe the blocking wasn't as good, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I want to see the wide receivers. I want to see who steps in and, and what that looks like and what kind of rapport CJ Stroud has with them. I mean, obviously, you know, it's no secret who his, his safety net is, but when you lose guys like Wilson and Olave, you know, those superstars, I mean, those are some big shoes to fill. So I'm excited to see what they do uh, against Utah in that regard. Yeah. And we're, we're, I guess, totally, um, you know, just ignoring the fact that Jackson Smith and Jigba is still a thing. And well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. JSN, guy, man, right. he, he's the leading receiver on <laughs> the most team. productive and, guy on the squad. Right. <laughs> and you know, like that's, that's who CJ Stroud's guy was. I mean, whenever they need a third down, when he was looking for kind of like some rhythm, or whatever, it was JSN every time. So I, he's going to be there. He's still going to provide that su- support for CJ Stroud. I'm curious to see how much that uh, they let the other guys just fly, right? Like, are they going to, are they going to send them down like fly routes and that kind of stuff? Are they going to let them go on just straight up verts and say, all right, well, first one to the end zone wins, you know, like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm curious to see if they trust those guys enough at this point to do the kind of things that they trusted Olave and Garrett Wilson to do, because uh, Olave can make a lot of quarterbacks look really good, right? I mean, his, his body control is probably the best I've ever seen out of a wide receiver. Um, you know, and Garrett Wilson is just unbelievably solid at any position on the field. You put him in, he can, he can run any route. Uh, that's a lot <laughs> to be able to do as wide receivers and I'm curious to see, like I said, how much they trust the other guys to, to kind of do those things. So how will they keep it vanilla? You know, what are they going to try to do? Yeah. And so interesting then to see how the offensive line shakes up with uh, Nicholas Petit Frere uh, saying he has done as well, you know, looking and in, in thinking, all right, do you see Thayer Mumford moving back to left tackle in the Rose Bowl? Maybe you mm-hmm. see Matt Jones at left guard then. Uh, or do they go ahead and, and let Paris Johnson, uh, who's been starting a right guard move over to left tackle. I mean, I'd say that's probably a project you wait for, uh, in the off season to do, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these guys mesh 
uh, as a unit, you know, since we've been joking all season about the five tackles uh, philosophy of <laughs> the, this offensive well, yeah. line, but moving Munford back over to left tackle, uh, you, you, you got to think he's probably happy to give that a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that'll be interesting too, because there's definitely offensive line uh, has some stuff to prove after the Michigan game. So yes, we'll, they we'll, do. we'll see what they're able to do with that. Um, because that's that was an embarrassing performance on their part. Haskell Garrett, as you mentioned, maybe the maybe the <clears throat> the biggest loss in terms of individual matchups. Uh, that guy was just fantastic. You know, Polynesian Player of the Year won that, won yeah. that national award. One of one of Ohio State's uh, few national awards this year. It's several finalists, um, but it seems like a lot of the awards ended up going to to others um but yeah i really bummed to see him go just because it would have been nice to see one more game out of him he was so good um and meant a lot to this program uh over over his his time so expect to see teron vincent starting at uh, the three technique defensive tackle position tyleek williams probably gonna get some more playing time as well that guy's had some flashes of being really really good so I, I, to me, the, this game goes, I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about the def, the offense until Ohio state's offense gives me a reason to be worried about the offense. Right. I, I still think this game goes as Ohio state's defense goes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, as long as they can get it humming should be good, but I, I do think this, a lot of people, a lot of Ohio state fans might maybe Ohio state fans who haven't read the site, but a lot of Ohio state fans might go, Oh, Utah, Ohio state should walk on that. And yeah, I, no, eh, no. Mm-mm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll Chris see and I joke that out. you need to fire up threat level Utah. Because uh, <laughs> I, I don't have the hate in my heart for Utah. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like Utah is a likable brand, I think. That you, I mean, they're out there, you know, in the, in the you know, God's country and Utah. And but I think Salt anybody Lake. who comes in expecting a walk is to, to, to underscore your point, you know, not not likely right well this is and, not one where i expect ohio state to win by 30 plus and isn't like what are they saying about whittingham isn't there some some rumors of transpiring that there was scuttle that this could be his swan song yeah so if that's the case i, I mean there there's some juice with that uh and with those guys um so i don't know i mean whittingham has been there a long time but he's not that old i mean he's only he's just in his early 60s so uh, I don't know how that'll turn out. We'll see. We'll see what that looks like too. And we'll see if they even play the game. I think everybody's probably okay at this point, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. That's uh, we got a few more stories that we're going to cover, but before we get into those, it is time for ask us anything, your favorite segment of the show and mine. Good time to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11 warriors.com hats, t-shirts, stickers, all things paraphernalia related for the discerning Buckeye fan. Uh, if you forgot to give someone a wonderful Christmas or other holiday celebration gift, well, you know what? Make up for it by visiting the dry goods store at 11warriors.com. Mom, dad got you some gift cards and you hadn't figured out how to spin them yet. You know, another good place to do that. The dry goods store at 11warriors.com drygoods.11warriors.com. Johnny, what's in the mailbag this week, my friend? Well, let's, uh, so first of all, you can send us questions to, uh, ask us anything to dubcast at 11 warriors.com. And we got a question here from Jerry. Uh, it was kind of, he's talking a little about the, the Rose bowl game too. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. This is kind of a longer, uh, email, so I'm not going to go through all of it, but I do appreciate you sending that to us, Jerry. It's a very good insight. 
one of the things that I want to uh, to kind of get into a little bit is about he talks about mental preparation for this and how uh, it might be a little bit more difficult to prepare for this particular Rose Bowl mentally for a lot of reasons. And I, I actually 100% agree with him on that. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is a, a unique situation just in general because of COVID and everything else going on. I also think, I hope the team doesn't have the same attitude towards the Utes that maybe some of the fans or other people might, uh, that they underestimate them a little bit, because I think this is a legit team. And I'm curious that honestly, the first quarter is going to be a really interesting uh, tell about how the rest of the game is going to go, because I, I want to see a team come out really hot. And I would be a little concerned if Ohio state doesn't do that. I, I share the concerns. I mean, the, the number of distractions, I guess, if you will, I mean, I, I don't like that word. It's one that I think gets tossed around, but you know how the one thing I think that, and you, you heard steel chambers talk about it this week where he acknowledged that uh, he played soft against uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing Ohio state has going for them is that the Michigan loss embarrassed them. Um, yeah, oh Yeah. You know, I think that's the one thing Ohio State, because otherwise you're looking and saying it's a consolation game. It was, you know, we're a playoff or bust team. Uh, who cares about the Rose Bowl? We got these guys opting out. You've had the guys who have who have hit the transfer portal already. Uh, and I'm sure that there are others who are who are considering their options. Um you know, do I transfer? Do I stay? You know, with, with, what what players are coming? You heard Ryan Day talk about, uh, you know, chemistry and and only going after guys in the transfer portal uh, if if they make sense for team chemistry and so on. So there are all these things out there. Plus, plus the the, the whole specter of COVID. Right, there have been any number of bowl games canceled already mm-hmm. uh, because of of our old friend the Rona, and you know, I think that's uh, that's sort of a a specter we haven't really spent much time talking about on the show, but that's one of those distractions as well. You you really have to worry. Does Utah simply want it more? Uh, are there, you, you have, I have no doubt in my mind that regardless of whether or not it is Whittingham's retirement game or not, they're going to come in wanting it because they were not expecting to make the playoff. The Rose bowl is a heck of a thing for them. Oh, sure. This, this, this is, this is, you know, best case scenario for them to How get many times a, has Utah even been in the Rose bowl. I think I once maybe, yeah, or, or maybe may, once, or, or this may be their first, this may be their first trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've not been there nearly. I mean, Ohio state's been there a couple times in the last 10 years, right. um, let alone all the rest of the history. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm with the spirit of the question, uh, and it's something I worries the wrong. I don't worry about college sports, but something that I wonder about quite a lot is, is how much does the average Ohio State player? I, I think they surely want to win, you know, because they're competitors. These are extremely competitive humans, but there's just a lot of crap going on, right? So, right, Utah, I think, will be locked and loaded, and if Ohio State comes out there and and you know, half asses in the first quarter, I think they're going to get punched in the mouth. I agree. I agree. And so they got to come out, they got to come out PO'd and, and ready to go. Um, this next question here, this is from our good friend, Alvin, who wants to know simply what is, what's uh, a young player. So let's say sophomore and below that we're excited about to watch in the, uh, in the Rose Bowl. Uh, you know, Travion Henderson actually is one that leaps to mind yeah. and it's, and it's because I was super high on him. I still am super high on him, but we talked about him a lot early in the mm-hmm. season, right. You know, thinking about, um, 
how amazing he was, you know, coming out of the gate. I mean, I, I think we all knew he was going to be great, but like, you know, it was really exciting to see him hit the ground running pun only marginally intended right and and just really go nuts you know one of the one of the best freshman seasons uh, of anybody in the country and so i'm but at the same time the way ohio state used him late or or didn't use him uh in in certain scenarios perplexed me so i'm interested to see what they do with him in this rose bowl game does he step up to the plate and and hit some home runs when they need him yeah, that actually would have been my answer as well, because I with I'm with you, man. Like, I agree that I, I think that he wasn't as featured maybe as much as he could have been. And maybe that's part of maybe some on him, maybe some of the offensive line. But um, I want to see a rebound game out of Henderson because he's definitely capable of it. And he's still an excellent player. But that to me, outside of the wide receivers, obviously stepping in and filling some big shoes. I want to see Henderson. I want to see what that dude can do on a really big stage. Um, you know, when I think the team definitely is going to have to lean on him a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? Like he's not there, there, there will be a point where the offensive game has to rely on just the running game in certain games next year, unless you can continue this thing rolling and just make everything great and all that other stuff, which would be awesome. If you can get the same kind of production that you did out of these you know, new guys, as you can out of, you know, Garrett, uh, Wilson and Chris Olave, that's awesome. Uh, but I, I think you're going to have to lean on the running game a little bit more in 2022. So I want to start that. I want to see the beginnings of that in the Rose Bowl. So I'm, I'm with you 100%. Now, the, um, other, the other obvious one too, you know, because of the what we talked about at the top of the program, <clears throat> when you're, you're missing Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, uh, you, you just throw right into that um the the wide receivers that we've already mentioned because they're all young wide receivers so we'd be talking about julian fleming as a sophomore but then Mm -hmm. you know the freshman we talked about harrison jr um and emeka ekbuka you know both both young players who are going to be linchpins to the offense next year so those are all ones you know back to what i what i called that uh you know kind of silver lining to this whole debacle you know on the defensive side of the ball Denzel Burke, there's another one, you know, that guy's had a tremendous uh, oh, sure. true, true freshman season, you know, does, but, but he also played like a freshman at times. Right. So I, I want to see, okay, can he make an impact on this game? There's some, there are some young defenders who, you know, I think can maybe make, make a name for themselves. Well, Jack Sawyer and, and, and Tumalo and yeah, both, know, both great examples. Right. Like you want to, especially if you've got criticisms for the defensive line in 2021, you want to see some of those guys turn out and get some sacks. That would be really cool to see and, and maybe set a tone for the spring. I think that would be great. Um, yeah. I, there's, there's a lot to look at there. And then that's really what I think the utility of a game like this is, is that you, you kind of set a tone for, you know, 2022 and see what your team's going to kind of look like. And I know it's not really indicative of anything. Teams can change enormously between now and, you know, when they actually play their first game of next season, but it definitely how the team plays will completely change the tenor of how, excuse me, I'm doing great. Uh, (laughs) Totally fine. I promise. Um, It'll set the, the tenor of how we approach and talk about the team in the next, you know, six to eight months here, because that's, that's going to make a huge difference. If they come out and the young guys look great and they make some plays versus if they look lost or maybe they don't know what they're doing. 
I, you know, th- that's it'll change a lot. So I want to see those guys show out and then, you know, maybe put together a really good performance that hopefully they've been building to for the past month. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> all, all, all of that and more. I this this team, you know, when people talk about narratives uh, in college sports, I mean, a lot of times when people use the word narrative, I kind of just roll my eyes and shrug it off, shrug it off. But this is this is a place where narratives start uh, these, these meaningless, uh, bowl games, you know, think about how many times we talked about, you know, the, the, the strength of the sec being built off the fact that they won eight or nine or 10 oh, sure, right. bowl games over hapless opponents where they were heavily outmatched, you know, that's the sort of thing. So Ohio state can come in with its freshmen and sophomores and beat a team as good as Utah you know, that really sets them up for, cause then, then that's the last story. Not that they're on a two game losing streak after Michigan handed them their teeth. So mm-hmm. very important in that regard. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and also just real quick from our, our good buddy, Brian Schaefer on Twitter. Remember the time he asked if we could do an entire offensive lineup, just made of defensive players. Uh, and so. that's a and that's a great uh, segue into where I want to run quick cows. Our first story as we wrap this thing up, because Brian was referring to the news that former Arizona State running back Diamante Treanum is transferring from ASU to Ohio State. He's coming back home to the Buckeye State. We're talking about a kid from Akron. But the interesting part of the story, because you might say, well, Ohio State's pretty okay set on running backs, right? Well, he is going to play linebacker. Yeah. Uh, now, when I first read that, I was like, oh, good grief, because we've just done this with Steel Chambers, right? But it and, worked out. He's been it, great. <laughs> it worked out. And it's been great. But one would like to see Ohio State, you know, like recruit and develop some actual linebackers instead nah, of we don't need to that. converting That's, them. You're living the rest, in the past. Quit living in the past. It's the fine. rest of the story is my hero, Paul Harvey, would say is that Ohio uh-huh. State wanted uh Trianum as a linebacker to begin with ohio yes. state recruited him to play linebacker as i understand it i think uh, he, was, he was one of if not the best linebacker prospect in ohio uh the year he graduated something like that yeah he played both sides of the ball at akron's archbishop hoban high school was the number 285 overall prospect the number five ohioan in the recruiting class of 2020 good. yeah he was recruited to play on either side of the ball uh but uh, arizona state recruited him solely as a running back that's what he wanted to do but you know i guess this the the, as as uh bear bryant put it when mama calls right (laughs) and and apparently mama called uh, and he's coming back home to ohio state so yeah that might be a fun little exercise for us to do uh during the off season johnny is to uh, to go uh down bryant's suggestion there of making a defense of all offensive players i think or vice versa (laughs) yeah i think maybe just for fun during one of the games in 2022 uh not an important game just a game that you know ohio state feels like they can win comfortably just have everybody switch so all the defensive players get to be offensive players for a game and all the offensive players get to be defensive players for a game. And I think that would be really fun. I think everybody would have a good time and it would be great to watch. I want to see. That. So this is funny. This reminds me of, you know, the age old off season fodder of, you know, could Alabama beat the Browns or, or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. w- whatever the best college team is, you know, could they beat whatever the worst NFL team is, which is always a laughable proposal, but, but people right. always ask it anytime there's a dominant college sports team could could so and so beat the so and so so the question would be johnny could could ohio state's flip-flopped roster beat 
Indiana, let's say. <laughs> no, I actually no, and, and you know what? The answer is still no because that the sport has become so specialized and could they beat like a D3 team? Yeah, probably, but could they beat another D1 team, another, you know, F FBS? And no, I don't think so. Um, just because those players have gotten so good and are so athletic at what they do, even a really terrible, you know, team at their same level would still smoke them if that were the case, I think, especially like on the lines, like forget about it. Yeah. That would be the interesting one is the, is the line play uh, a couple other stories to cover Ohio state's men's basketball team canceled a third straight game due to our old friend, the Rona. Yeah. And you know, guys will not play new Orleans, which is a game. I know you were hyped about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As always. I mean, you know, anytime you get to play new Orleans, um, it, this is something I, w- I was listening to Holtman's um, Colin show. Well, his, his coach's show. It's not really Colin show anymore, but it's coach's show today. And one of the things that was brought up is that they were shooting really, really, really well, like over 50% from the floor for the yes. past three, for the past three games. And this sucks <laughs> to yeah. have that kind of like momentum killer, especially at a time when you were already going to have a break. He, he did not seem particularly happy about that prospect. So I, they're going to have to get their themselves back into a rhythm really quick once they actually finally start playing games again. Yeah, no practice since December 15th, which seems like an eternity. Yeah, yeah, it seems like an eternity. Um, you know, last week, Holtman said the team fully intended to play this New Orleans game. Team is fully vaccinated, only showing light symptoms. Um, but because of the lack of practice, as, as he said in the radio show on Monday, um he said that was a little too optimistic on my part specifically that playing the game this week would have been rushed team is uh, back to practice apparently they they return to practice on sunday uh but uh, just the availability of players and limited practice time basically said they practice with five guys on sunday and only four of right. them were eligible to play so right no bueno uh whether or not ohio state We'll be ready to play Nebraska on Sunday, you know, remains to be seen. Although coach said during the show, he fully expects them to be ready and in this three week COVID induced layoff guys. That's crazy. Three weeks. Yeah, man. That's uh, and I asked this question to Chris last week when it was just two games that they had missed, you know, is this the thing that sparks the dreaded January, uh, <laughs> no, the slump, the slump. And, and Chris didn't think so. He's pretty optimistic about this team a week ago. And, and that this, this will be the year where they break that, break that trend. Um, but man, it's, you know, they big 10 schedule is tough and I, I'm really interested to see what they look like against Nebraska. Yeah. Well, that's exactly like, if that's a game that they end up playing, I mean, who knows? I mean, hopefully they come out looking as good as they've looked in the past several games. Cause that was the thing. I mean, you just, you saw a team that looked like they were rounding into form despite that they were, you know, they didn't have justice and, uh, Chris Holman also mentioned on his show that uh, they're hoping to get him back in, in January. So that's not too far away. And if they can do that and then kind of, you know, get things up to speed again, maybe they look pretty good going into tournament time. So um, I don't know. It, it stinks. It really stinks. But hopefully, hopefully they can hit the ground running once they finally get back on the court. Yeah. Yep. And let's uh, finish this up. A half dozen Ohio State players in the national football league were selected to play in the 2022 pro bowl both boza brothers oh, yeah. cameron hayward marshawn Lattimore, Corey lindsley and denzel ward you know ohio state is really nfl 
you when you get down to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think more Buckeyes in the Pro Bowl than any other college program going. And, you know, these are familiar faces in many cases. Uh, Hayward and the Boses are, this is not their first rodeo. Um, I think uh, you continue to see the players that Ohio State puts into the league not only you know make the league but then do well you look at how long cameron hayward's been in the league and performing at a high level guys just had an incredible career yeah i mean i think he's a hall of famer at this point i mean it's just his longevity and it felt like he just kept getting better too like it wasn't one of those things where he kind of like peaked or whatever because sometimes you see especially with defensive linemen maybe more defensive ends i guess but They'll they'll have a really great couple of years and then they fall off the planet and whatever. But that Hayward has just gotten better and better and stayed at a really really high level for a very long time. Um, and he's like, you know, what getting Christmas trees to people's houses and stuff, and I don't know, just being an all around fantastic good dude. So I, um, I used to have a rule that I was not, I'm not a jersey wearing guy. Like I have one generic Ohio State jersey that I wear maybe every other year. Um, I have a lot of Ohio State apparel. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not mm. anti apparel and I'm well known at work for, I always have a Blocko lapel pen on my sport coats when we're out at uh, Fantastic. You know, functions and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but like I just, I was not a jersey guy. Never, never was. Cameron Hayward was the guy that got me to buy the jersey jersey. and it's and it's not only because he is exceptional on the field but he's an exceptional dude like the stories he's been the steelers um nominee for the walter uh, payton player uh, man of the year award for like several years now and it kind of strikes me that he hasn't won the the national one yet because the things that he does with his foundation um just really tremendous and and has been doing it for years now yeah and that story yeah he's he was getting um Oh, Shucky Darn. That's the uh Najee Harris. Uh <laughs> he said he was being grinchy and didn't have a tree. And yeah, shows, shows up with a Christmas. Cam tree shows up. Like, he's like, hey, here, have a tree. It's just Merry Christmas. It's, it's great. I love that dude. So his uh fifth time in the Pro Bowl, Boza and Lattimore, both four timers. Nick Boza and uh Ward, both now two timers, and this is Lindsley's first pro bowl so good for them pro bowl uh scheduled for february 6th at allegiant <laughs> stadium in las vegas hoorah hoorah and that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode johnny glad you are are back and feeling well enough to take to the airwaves glad i to feel be reunited great with you i missed you dearly uh miss you while, too, man. while on the road in uh in in florida doing the dog show thing and then uh but i want to thank our colleagues for filling in for either of us over the past two weeks uh nice to have nice to have friends who care about you (laughs) until next week when we will uh talk a bit more about the game of football and react to this game we've been building up to the rose bowl uh yeah there'll be a lot to talk about hopefully it'll be a happy show fingers crossed until then i'm andy i'm johnny thanks for joining us on the dubcast